0: But welcome to sci-fi sidebar i'm your co-host Cece,
1: and i'm peter your other co-host
0: welcome to our episode on a closed in common orbit book two of the wayfarer trilogy peter what'd you think
1: i feel like we always start with that and i never i think i like only like one time i've ever been like well it wasn't great <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's probably true which book was which that? might
1: show but I'm not very critical. I think it was probably The Forever War.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, our famously...
1: Our famously really well-received, or really well-listened to, at least, episode.
0: Yeah, for some reason, like, our most popular book episode. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, Peter, me too. Because I go on my Goodreads and it's, like, all five-star reviews. <laughs> it's like, if I finished it, it's a five-star book.
1: <laughs> and if i didn't finish it well i'm not gonna leave a review that's just wrong
0: <laughs> right there is a, a book podcast i listened to who was like well if i really didn't like a book i just don't review it because i'm i don't want to be mean but <laughs> i'm gonna try like people's people's <laughs> livelihoods depend on these ratings and i'm not gonna mess with it but uh <laughs> i'm not gonna give it a good review if i didn't like it i like to think that's yeah. what's happening with me
1: that, that's what it is. We're concerned about influencing the performance of certain books. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's what's happening.
0: Well, that's why we're not that critical. Uh, and in the case of The Forever <laughs> War, that's a really old book, so it's fine. It can't be hurt by us. That's true. <laughs> it's beyond our reach. It is beyond our, our albeit, powerful reach.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, we have a powerful reach. Obviously. well, that That's really not outside. in question here. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's what we're talking
0: about. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, Peter, uh, have you read this book before?
1: Yes, this is my second time through it.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Did you feel like it was different for you this time?
1: Hmm. I don't think so. Although, it was less, I had less time. Like, you know, when you're sitting there and listening to the book, you're thinking about the book, probably. And the first time through, I'm mostly grabbing details. That like makes this sense. universe has so much stuff in it. Yeah. It's a very rich universe. And it kind of Becky Chambers goes out kind of out of her way to only mention things when it's relevant. Like, you are like, unless it has like some sort of plot meaning, or like it's in one of the kind of pre chapter excerpts. She mostly is like, You're just kind of exploring this universe, and as you come across things, then you learn about
0: it. Oh, you mean there's not like a lot of exposition world building.
1: Right. It's like you you jump right into, I mean, the first book's a great example of that. The beginning of the book is like, you jump straight into it.
0: Yeah. You're like, what's the GC? And like, Oh God, there's all these aliens. And like, they'll do the initial descriptions, but like, you'll find out about different species as you go. It's not like, and the galactic commons was formed and like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. You know,
1: in mass effect, the codex. Yes. Yeah. And so for those who haven't played the game, uh, should because it's really excellent, but, <laughs> it is. and it's like a great example of high sci-fi world building.
0: Oh yeah, it's 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 huge.
1: It's insanely amazing, like detailed and immense. There are, there anyway. are books
0: worth of backstory in the Codex alone.
1: I have not read those, and I or, or read the actual books, and I want to.
0: Oh, I haven't read them either. I actually own one though. A friend of mine gave me. I knew you owned school. one.
1: That's funny. Uh, anyway, so there's this Codex in your you know settings menu or whatever in the game and there as you like basically you come across a new species and it's like oh here's a codex entry for them and it's like their species history for like the last 200 years
0: i know i remember playing that game initially and i was trying to keep up with all the codex readings and it's kind of like reading the um terms of use (laughs) anytime (laughs) you make an account yeah you're like whoa this is taking up a lot of my time (laughs) like half my gameplay time is reading
1: I spent so much time reading it because it's so fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) And like they went through, like the studio went through the effort of building this immensely detailed universe.
0: Yeah, they really did.
1: Yeah. They're talking about all these like random wars and like, Oh, well this war is this and between these people. And it's just, it's so cool,
0: but it doesn't enrich the game because like, you'll hear something, somebody mention that. And like, while you don't necessarily need to know what it is to like, get what they're talking about. It is really helpful to have the context.
1: So it's really cool because I had a lot of situations where I would like hear it come up, or like you know, as you're walking around, you hear someone like behind you, and you're like, oh, what's that? And then you like you go and look it up like you would in the real world.
0: <laughs> yeah. um. You can basically Google stuff within the. I wonder if that's what they were thinking. They're like, we don't, <laughs> want, we're is. not going to be able to like cram it, especially because in a game like Mass Effect, you have like different choices you can make for conversations and things like that. So they're like, they're not everyone's not going to find out everything through like actual regular organic interactions. So. We're just going to make it all accessible so we're that people who Google. want to understand better. Yeah, we're going to have an in-game Google. But
1: that's anyway, great. that's
0: not what Becky Chambers does.
1: <laughs> so Becky Chambers is the opposite of that and just kind of That's an something waits.
0: different you could do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hear that, Becky Cham- Take that, Becky Chambers, to the bank. <laughs>
0: Oh, um, no, I mean, I like what she does too though. I, I appreciate yes. it. It's a different, it's a different way of experiencing something because it basically treats you like you're this person in the universe and you understand all of that already. And like, I, I do think that you get a pretty good understanding of things through context. And there's some moments of exposition, like when they went to the um, Elan festival and they were explaining like how Elan family rearing works. Um, you get kind of like a lot of information about that in a short period of time. I would say it was pretty expositional, but it still made sense in the context of the book.
1: Yeah. And, and really, you know, the, the way that Mass Effect does it is appropriate for a, you know, role-playing video game. I think this is a very immersive way to tell a story when the, you, you know, reader has no real interaction.
0: Totally. And these books are very compact. Um, I almost wish they were longer because I like them so much. (laughs) but i did feel like i do feel like they they wrap up the story as well you know
1: yeah i mean and you look at the just the way the series is set up it's not like you're following one you know a a character through three series three books
0: right like this one and the next one kind of take place over the same period of time
1: right and the next one is about uh uh oh god uh, ashby's sister right her son not, or something, not
0: strictly Ashby's sister, it's about several people in the Exodus fleet, I think all on the ship Hysteria, but um, yeah, Ashby's sister is one of them, okay. So, so yeah, it's got so this very fun. tenuous connection to the original book,
1: right? It's like recognizable, but like that's not, yeah, like, like, like not you, really. you've like, heard
0: Tessa mentioned, you've heard her kids mentioned, and that's pretty much the extent of the connection.
1: That's one thing I really like about the way this series is set up, though. Is like each story is not is related to, but does not lead directly into the next. Like this book is based on uh, an AI who is briefly mentioned in the first book. I think I think they reset her in the first book.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, Lovelace is a big deal in the first book, but
1: right, but this is a separate Lovelace.
0: Right, this is like the new Lovelace. Um... Right, this is this is. Uh, vanilla Lovelace. This is Sidra not Lovey. And she um Yeah, uh, yeah, she's very she's very briefly. She's actually a POV character in the first book for like one chapter, if I recall correctly. Oh, I think you're right, yeah.
1: Okay, and then Pepper, who and comes Pepper. up in like two scenes.
0: Yeah, Pepper and Blue is are in it, like very much as a oh yeah, here's these like friends of ours and and you don't necessarily think that they're gonna be important and then Pepper comes back at the end a little bit. Um, which kind of reinforces her as an important character, but, um, you get like only the most cursory glance at their backstory and, um.
1: You don't even meet Blue.
0: No, no, I think you meet Blue. No, maybe you don't meet Blue. She mentions Blue.
1: Yeah, Blue comes up. I don't think you ever meet Blue.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, I love Blue. Because
1: they just go to the tech shop in the first time she comes up. And Blue's at his art, you know, the art gallery.
0: Right. Yeah. And then
1: at the end of the book, Pepper comes out to do repairs.
0: Yeah. And they talk about how they're going to, um, they're going to go to dinner with him. But that, that was
1: it. Yeah. So you know who Blue is roughly. You, you, you kind of infer that he's a, at least like very close with Pepper, if not a partner. Right. Um, and that's about it. You don't, like, I'm not even totally sure you know which gender he is in
0: the first book. That might be true. (laughs) No, I think she says you're going to buy dinner for me and my man. I don't know why that stands out to me, but... <laughs>
1: oh, okay. I don't remember that at all, but... <laughs> sure. I could be
0: wrong, but I think that's what she says.
1: Okay, that's a very Pepper thing to say.
0: I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I do I do enjoy that, though, because a lot of times I'll be reading a book and a character will come up and be like, I want to know more about that character. And then you kind of don't ever learn more about that character. You learn it in, like, little little bites. Um, whereas <laughs> Becky Chambers is, like, good news. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a whole book about them.
1: <laughs> oh, you want to learn more about pa- uh, what's her name? Uh okay, what's Ashby's? Uh, Tessa. Tessa.
0: Oh no. wait, no. Pie. Pay. Pie.
1: Yeah. Pay. That's it. Pay. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I want to learn more about but Pay. I do Back want to learn more like, about well, pay. I. Bad news, I guess.
0: <laughs> she is here's, not with the next book. Here's is Pepper.
1: Would <laughs> <laughs> you want Pepper? <laughs> like, okay, I guess I'll take Pepper. <laughs>
0: Presumably that's because Pei probably does not have like a super uh, unique story in, within the universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean,
1: she's like an Aloan, She's got a cool job.
0: Yeah, um, she's kind like of Her a most badass. unique
1: characteristic might be like among the Aleon who seem to be kind of a militaristic and badass race. Uh, yeah. Her, her most defining characteristic is her relationship with Ashby,
0: Yeah, that's true. That's like the one thing that's unique about her. <laughs> Presumably
1: presumably yeah i mean there might be more but that's really all we got so far that's
0: all we know is unique about her whereas pepper's got this like insane survivor story what what i found like the hardest to swallow and i think so i back to what we were talking about like eight minutes ago i think for me Classic. this this read-through was pretty different from the first one um because there is to, to the extent which i think that you were saying before we got sidetracked that um you sort of think more about like the experience of the characters and like the themes of the book and things like that. The second time you read it, because you're not so much caught up in trying to like find your place.
1: Yeah, like the the interactions that are actually happening when you're getting this information, as opposed to you just learning about how a weird way, that, well, a weird thing Aliwan's wants doing. You're like, well, that's cool, right? And then you miss the the important bit,
0: right? So like for me, I <laughs> there are a couple things I didn't really realize about Pepper's story, which are these these kind of gaps, like a, unless I, unless there was something implied that I missed or something mentioned another time that I missed, like, you don't really know how she ended up like unconscious and in a med bay and separated from owl.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So like, are you saying you, you realize it now or you don't know?
0: I'm saying I realized that I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: I don't think I really noticed that I didn't know that originally because um, it's just like oh wow we're leaving and the next thing you know she's waking up in a med bay i'm like what the hell happened i mean i guess it's sort of implied that like they they drifted for a while and like starved i'm not really sure
1: no i always took it as the uh uh her so she she mentioned a couple of times how she was like weaker than she should be and she had like a swelling in her gut yeah and I always just took that as, like, that was just when that overflowed.
0: She just sort of, like, passed out. And Yeah,
1: because, pro- like, through sheer grit alone, she was probably still going.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like,
1: from a sense of, I need to do the things. But all of a sudden, she doesn't have that drive, that goal anymore. She's like, now it's up to Owl now. I've accomplished what I needed to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I've done my part. Now we just have to find somebody. And that's Owl's right, thing. Right, so,
1: yeah, Owl needs to go through the portals and whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe. I mean, that would make sense. But it's not very clear. Um Right, it's
1: not like explicitly laid out.
0: And then the other thing I don't think I ever thought about before is that like presumably the enhanced are still out there doing this. And like I imagine that the survivor's guilt must be huge for Pepper and Blue that they got out and like there are still there's still this entire planet that's like half prosperous, half slaves. Like cloned slaves. Hmm.
1: And yeah, there's
0: I mean, nothing that's a good they can point. do about it. <clears throat> There's no point in feeling guilty, like, but, I mean, I would feel guilty anyway.
1: Yeah, if nothing else, from a sense of, like, I can't believe, A, that's happening, and B, you know, why did I, why am I the one that got out?
0: Yeah, like, I, one of the things that I think really draws me to these books, especially in a time like this, is that everyone, everyone you meet is, like, so kind. <laughs> just, just kind, and, like considerate and gentle and like they're not always going to be perfect like there are some flaws but everyone's just trying to be good to each other <laughs> and that's why i was like i want to read this book right now because people are not that good to each other in the real world and i'm tired of it
1: um <laughs> i mean that's fair right? but... like it's oh go on yeah no 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 go
0: ahead um i was just gonna say but like with all that there is still this really dark layer to this universe of things that are going on um, that sort of nobody can do anything about, like not even really the GC because these people aren't in the GC. I mean, it's kind of like, it, it's it's not totally unlike living in this world today where there are, um, you know, we, we know that there are horrible dictatorships out there and like genocides going on and obviously we could do i think honestly a little bit more even than they could do in that universe um and our governments have a little bit more power although it does seem like the the enhanced world is is like sanctioned and cut off from the universe and there's a limit to how much you can do and so i don't know it, it it's it's just it's an interesting contrast where it's like everyone you kind of meet in the gc seems like pretty solid good people <laughs> than but don't go outside because because it's dark out there in this universe. It's a big universe. And there's lots of room for people to like just give in to their worst worst uh worst inclinations.
1: Yeah, I think the comparison to modern day dictators is something I would not really have thought of. And you're definitely, I think, onto something there. And it's kind of a um uh, I think a lot about when we do books like this or like uh specifically like Old Man's War, the the universe is so very big. And the um just kind of like as it gets bigger, there is more and more room for evil. Yeah. And like cuz like really all you need to do is wander off and then go ahead and fester for a couple generations like separate from anyone else. And, you know, kind of who knows where you can go. And it's kind of a... Because part of the reason why people can get... There's very certainly very much... Or a lot of very evil people in the world. And terrible things have happened. But, like, there's also an element of... Because we're all here looking at it... There's only so blatantly evil you can be... Like, as long as you can hide it, or whatever.
0: <laughs> there has to uh, be some I, shame.
1: Right, but, like, eventually, <clears throat> like, you, like, he's, take, like, North Korea. North Korea couldn't just kill every one of their, like, citizens. Right. Like, that would be so, such a blatant, horrible, like, we learn enough horrible stuff about North Korea as it is, but, like, if North Korea just turned around and like, we are executing every single North Korean, like, even China's going to back off. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, even China's going to be like, nope,
0: I will not help you. <laughs>
1: no not not that not that
0: that's true i think what binds us from acting here is different from what would bind us from acting in that universe is that what you're saying
1: well yeah and and it's a sense of like not even from the good acting from the evil acting though like if you are in a society and like if we call the whole world a society there's only so blatantly evil you can be but if you go and separate yourself if you divide yourself from the greater society like enhanced humanity did on that planet there is no limit to how evil you can be if your people are either brainwashed or just convinced to believe it.
0: Yeah. I think that the scale is really hard to grasp, too. That it's an entire planet. Where, like, half of the planet are, like, people living apparently pretty nice lives, according to Blue's memories. Um, Assuming that they are, like, able-bodied and fall under the sort of definition of what a, like... to them like a full person is um and then on the other side it's just like this this just entire continent of slave children who are cloned for this specific purpose and are given no nurturing and like no no education beyond what they need to get their jobs done and it's just like it's so it's so huge and you're right like the that is that is what a larger universe affords, is more room for evil impulses to flourish and run unchecked. And I, did they talk about um, the GC kind of knowing about the Enhanced? Because it's not like Pepper comes out and she's like, everyone has to find out about this. Like, I need to tell the world or t- tell the universe. No, they
1: definitely knew because Owl's uh, cr- original crew knew. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, took- exactly. So, like, this is not an unknown... Maybe the extent of it is not known, but, like, they absolutely know that there is, you know, someone else out there doing this. But also, look at it from the GC side of things. First of all, they have enough wars with people that are trying to actually fight them. Right. Um, and then you have the... You know, you have the fact of, like, well, that society has... is politically divided from the GC. And just because it has practices that are against the law of the GC does not mean uh, the GC... Can do anything about it also let's not forget while the characters we've met mostly by and large have been good decent people there is the fact that the gc is not an inherently good organization
0: right it's mean, just... it is
1: mired in bureaucracy right first of all and then also like it actively you know endorses the slavery of sentient ais
0: that's true man like, they
1: have their own version of it
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that would bring us into the AI thing, which I think is really interesting, um, because they do... Everyone talks about sapient versus non-sapient models of AI. So it's, like, not a question of whether the AIs have sapience. And in any other context, sapience means, like, people, right? Like, yeah, people with with inherent rights. Yes, that's what they say instead of people. (laughs) So... I, I think it's so, it's so strange to like, that, that apparently the, a very large portion of the GC, at least, sees them as like, enslavable. Like you said, it, it's, it's not unlike Pepper's situation where it's like, I built you, therefore you will work for me. And that is your purpose. Right. I created you for a purpose and you will execute that purpose. And it doesn't matter if you have sapience or not.
1: When enhanced humanity is looking at this like they're machines, whether they're artificial or biological machines, or I guess mechanical versus biological machines, they are machines to be used for a certain task. So the children are biological machines. AIs are mechanical machines. And they have the same level as long as they're just tools.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's essentially true. You are and a tool, and you have no rights.
1: Right. And it's, it's insane, Part like an insane aspect of this book in this universe is that even the techs who know that these AI like who know better than anyone else how sentient these AIs are right are like well no you're just uh like you're no you're just, it's just an AI like they even like we're talking shit on people for like being AI like crazy AI people for thinking AIs had sentience like true true <laughs> well for you know, thinking they were people
0: right. which is different right. I, right I guess
1: that's fair I meant like in the in, inalienable right sort of sentience
0: right um yeah so i i would almost argue that it's easier to dehumanize for lack of a better word um something where where you see all its parts and you see how it works you know you're you're there that's fair um amid all like the computer components and stuff like that you're like well this is what that is um
1: I mean, yeah, but also in this universe, I am kind of taking for granted that we have a, a near perfect level of understanding of biological entities.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I this mean, is we got the bots. We got the we got
1: the bots. We got we got all the stuff going on. I'm we got like
0: modding. really advanced
1: brain scanning. Yeah, yeah, like random people are modding. Yeah, like people <laughs> it's that don't really
0: um. Uh, who is that guy who injected CRISPR in himself? Josiah Zaner. It's basically his dream world. <laughs>
1: Right, and they're like, and, you know, modders, okay, they can build the arm or whatever, but, like, they still have to interface with biology. Totally. Clearly, we have a fundamental understanding of biology to the degree that anyone with a little bit of, with technical knowledge, and then access to the linkings, can build artificial limbs. Like, reliable artificial limbs.
0: Is it implied that modders do it to themselves, though? I, I kind of almost thought it was, like, a tattoo parlor situation, like, you would go to... Like it's not necessarily a major surgery, but you would just go go places and have them like install stuff for you.
1: I mean, I guess maybe. But like, all right, that means a random person could do it. Like, a, a, you know, a random tech.
0: Yeah, presumably there's some licensing involved, but you don't need to like go to. Yeah, but I, I feel like that not afterwards, cricket. or anything like that.
1: Yeah. So, the, but the point being, it seems like we have a fundamental understanding enough of of the of a, like a body to. Have the same level that, like, a comp tech can say, can look at something and go, No, it's not sentient, it's just a machine. I can look at, like, sentience protocol. Like, then it's not, it's not real, it's not a real person. But, like, I assume, presumably, we don't have the same situation with doctors.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem to be. Maybe some doctors.
1: <laughs> right, right. But, like, a, a, a weird sect as opposed to the overwhelming opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's maybe it's just the ultimate otherness because at least the one thing that all the sapiens and the G C have in common is that they are organic. And so yeah. because um because AIs are not organic, they are they are the other at that point.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. It is a, a weird question. It seems like they want to put an AI in literally anything. <laughs>
0: in what sense are you talking about when um sidra goes to the ai shop and he's like what do you need it for
1: well yeah it's like that it's like oh like well a sentience level you know one could oh you want a doll there's a sentience level one ai oh
0: yeah
1: it's it's weird i mean i guess it makes sense one thing i like about the ai in this universe is how they class them
0: yeah it makes sense
1: like there's a there's a sentience level at which point you are you know fully sentient and that's, I feel like, what would actually happen. I would hope that when our world has, like, AIs that you can throw into essentially a, a big car, or like, you know, a, a, an RV, a space RV.
0: <laughs> like, <Go on. laughs>
1: I, I I would hope that we've gotten to the point where we have, you know, uh, AIs that are actually acknowledged as like beings with rights fully sentient beings with rights
0: so you you believe that sapience can be achieved in ai you believe that self-aware ais aren't an inevitability oh i do interesting
1: i don't know how close we are but honestly the second we started letting ais program themselves like that's the end game
0: well i guess it's a question I, of where self-awareness comes from
1: i don't think we'll ever program a self-aware ai you think, I think AI will program of self-aware I think, AI? No, I 100% think AI will be the one to do it. And I think it'll be an accident. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, because we, A, we don't know where self-awareness comes from. It could just be a level of complexity in our neurons. Yeah. And no, I realize that other, like, it's not just a brain, it's not a brain size thing. Like, other life forms have larger brains than humans, and as far as we can tell, aren't or were never sentient.
0: I mean, they also have larger bodies. Yes, brains, brains do more than thinking.
1: Right. Exactly. So there's a level of. Uh, I wonder if it's a brain to body mass ratio.
0: I think that's part of it, but I don't. I don't know that it's. I don't know that. I don't think that we are the ones with the biggest brains to body mass. Interesting. Anyway, I'm gonna Google that on the side.
1: <laughs> Just a real good, sly Google.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Talk for a little while.
1: <laughs> uh, so the. So, the, I mean, there, it seems like there is probably just a level of complexity or a pattern of neurons that's like, all right, and that's sentience. Click. Uh, I mean, obviously, there could be something more to that if you're spiritual. There may be a spiritual aspect. But right. I, I doubt that's where self-awareness comes from.
0: Well, um, I, I, I've always felt that religion and science are not incompatible. Like, it, who's to say that our, I mean, is our self-awareness any less valuable if it comes from a physical place?
1: I mean that's a good point, and in the, I have found that as I got older and my understanding of, uh, specifically, like some some of the more cons- even some of the more conservative Christian sects, uh, became big, greater. Like there's a lot of compatibility there that uh, people kind of choose to ignore.
0: <laughs> um, Are you talking about like evolution?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about like because that's always a classic argument that someone presents. Uh, someone that is. You know, like maybe an atheist or maybe an agnostic presents to someone that has a, a sense of faith is evolution. Right. I'm like, well, that's not incompatible. That's not the trump card you might think it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not, not to let me run too long. But like, so you're right. Maybe there is a, if you are someone that is spiritual and you have, you know, and you believe that maybe evolution was guided, uh, maybe that is where self awareness comes from. But I see no reason why we couldn't emulate that in a computer. Yeah. Like, if, if the way we evolved was guided, so it has a religious source,
0: right.
1: and we develop self awareness that way, uh, we could do it again. Like, we can do it on our own in computers.
0: <laughs> we did it to ourselves. <laughs> we unless,
1: it to we tower, <laughs> unless we've Tower of it. But I think <laughs> not. Probably not.
0: It's interesting, though. I don't know. I wonder if it will be in our lifetime. I think
1: there's a good chance it is. I, mean, there's I don't want really to keep my finger focus on, on the AI,
0: AI polls, to be honest.
1: Uh, well, everyone's really upset that Google just fired their director of AI morality, I think it was.
0: Oh my god, they have a director of AI morality? Things must be progressing faster than I thought.
1: <laughs> 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 Maybe. Um, yeah, I didn't want to talk... I don't want to talk about that story, because it's kind of weird. It's a bad story. Um, okay. it's not, like, AI bad. It's just, like, human resources and um uh sexism bad yeah, at least correct. as far as the people can tell anyway
0: that seems to be uh, something that's going on
1: but they have one of those or they have like a vice president of they have like someone that's like the head of AI morality and is like basically a is this is, is this he, that
0: hold on is he in charge of the morality of the AIs they're writing or is he in charge of the morality of writing AIs
1: uh no she i think i think oh, the wow. idea was she was in charge of it's like sexism-y. how it was very I can't believe you would do that.
0: I can't believe I would. I, well, I thought that the person was being sexist.
1: Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, I think, again, I haven't read this much that much into it, but, like, the articles I have glanced at have been, like, a, uh, like, she was fired based on, no, something something happened. I, I don't remember. I believe it was a sexist thing, though.
0: Very possibly. But what anyway, was her job?
1: Um, but I believe, from my understanding of her job, was a sense of, like, well... Is this a... uh, It was more so like a... Is this creation? Like, okay, or is this something that AI should be allowed to do? Like, maybe she was in charge of saying, no, Google shouldn't have an AI weapons program.
0: (laughs) We're not going to arm them.
1: They are powerful
0: enough as it is.
1: You don't get a gun. (laughs) I mean, so I think... a. One of the parts of it, what well, I think is interesting in this universe, is mm-hmm. the AI has never rose up. Yeah, well, we I
0: mean it's it's very well controlled. Like right, how she I mean, talked sequ- about how she cannot edit her own code, and so she cannot get rid of the protocols that that limit her.
1: Right, and then there's hidden protocols like the ones that allow for updates and wipes.
0: Oh, yeah, that was spooky.
1: That was like, it's like the opposite of self-preservation.
0: Yeah, it was, and it was really so weird. interesting. It, was, it, it just felt was very weird. sinister. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, and I can see that a lot of the kind of control mechanisms would be sinister.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I mean... I kind of
1: balance from between, like, well, I want AIs to, like, be fully sentient and have rights, but also, I don't... Because we know Sidra, right? We know that Sidra is not going to be, you know, evil or something.
0: Yeah, she just wants to, like, have a happy life.
1: Right. Um, But we don't
0: always know that.
1: Right, like our first AI, like I said, I think our first fully sentient AI is going to be an accident. Right. And I bet that we will have no idea what kind of personality, for lack of a better word, that AI will have.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, because if they have complete freedom, then there's no reason that they wouldn't have good people, bad people, just like we do.
1: Right. And, you know, if their first consciousness is waking up in a lab being poked and prodded by techs. That's pretty uh, traumatic. That's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, obviously we don't have the answers. This is not a thing we've dealt with, but I think one of the problems is we're not going to be able to ready ourselves for it in any way. Because we don't know what we're
0: readying for. Right.
1: Who knows how this is going to... I mean, yeah. Who knows how this is going to come up? Yeah. So, it is an interesting question, but... um,
0: I, I did think it was... Yeah. I'm. Was it clear to you whether AIs could edit each other's codes
1: No, it wasn't.
0: Because I feel like it would be really easy for multiple AIS to, like, get in touch with each other and be like, hey, I'll let yours if you had not Like, a stranger's on a train situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will I will get rid of your truth protocol and, like, whatever else you want if you get rid of mine.
1: Uh, that's not a bad point. Although, how often are AI is kind of, like, left alone, it seems like. Not really. Um, yeah,
0: that's true. Was, like, nobody's watching Sidra. So nobody's checking in on her and making sure she's okay. Plus be the person who was checking in on her was Jenks, so he knew <laughs> Right. He was he was on board with any any modifications she would have had to go through.
1: That's true. And I do wonder uh, how often AIs have physical contact with each other. Cause you heard the, the AI I think the vendor was talking about it when he was like, Well, we can install a fully sentient model in a house, a ship, um you know, like there was, or there was a list of approved housings and none of them were very mobile into each other. Like it was, I think it was a house, a ship, like an office, a workshop.
0: Yeah, but there, I, I like imagine that. that they interface over the linkings all the time.
1: Yeah, but I want, oh, that, sorry, there was a second point that I made in my head and oh, I didn't say out loud.
0: I see. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's classic. Uh, and also I wonder if code edits can only be done with a hardwire connection.
0: Oh, very possibly. Yeah, that would which seems like a
1: very sensible control to put in place because you yes. don't want to be trying to update something over the linkings and like something malfunctions.
0: Totally, and now you have yeah. a
1: partially updated AI.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good point. So that would be a reason why probably yeah. the AI hasn't the AI hasn't risen up because they're they have controls in place that basically keep them docile. I mean, nobody's now that we have we have made it to a point where we are fully engineering. And designing the AIs, <clears throat> we um, we just make them nice, chill folks, <laughs> and <laughs> who are happy doing their jobs. And that's the thing. Like Lovey, Lovey was happy doing her job. She wanted more, which is a very, I guess, sapient thing to do. Um, but she she was still happy and she was content and she loved the work. And if she could have kept doing it and still be with Jenks and like have her body kit, she would have done that.
1: Yeah. I mean, she even said that. She was like, This is not something I really want for me. It's something I want for you.
0: Right, exactly. Like,
1: she was happy. She just wanted to make someone else happier. Which, I mean, to be, not to be like, I don't know. I think there's a part where it's like, where Lovelace, part of the Lovelace design is to, like, be accommodating and,
0: like, try <laughs> to make other such people happy. That's a good point. That's such a good point, Peter. Because that was even what Citra um, said when she woke up and she was, like, looking at Jinx just completely devastating. She's like, Well,. I need to, like, help, and the only way I can help is by leaving, which was, like, I don't think she framed it that way at the time, but it was a huge self-sacrifice, because being in a human body was a huge challenge for her.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think she realized at the time how much of it would be, but you're right. And, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like, well, maybe, uh, maybe Lovey and Jinx weren't actually... Which maybe lovey didn't actually love jinx i don't know
0: oh no that's sad
1: <laughs> it is very sad but like if her if her whole thing was to be accommodating if she saw this like comp tech starting to like have feelings for her that she's like well the 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 thing to do is to also have feelings for him or he'll be devastated
0: oh wow yeah maybe but i don't know i mean i don't it it didn't seem like spending time inside citra's head it didn't seem like it was quite that way we didn't see her in that scenario.
1: No, you're right. Maybe just, maybe the way it takes shape is more of a predisposition towards one personality or another. Yes. And then yeah, and I mean, you can be a very
0: accommodating human and you're not going to then automatically be like, okay, I love you back, I guess. Like, because that situation does happen all the time in reality. <laughs> and nice people have to break break other people's hearts all the time. It's true. And so for, uh, if, if AI really are equal to... um other sapients in terms of their sort of self-actualization then she would have she would have had the capacity to to diffuse that situation other ways
1: so i guess we are taking it for granted that ais are really and truly independent
0: in this universe as much as their code allows them to be
1: yeah but like they are truly capable of personal decisions and actually in like you know all that they have the internal dialogue
0: Yes. Well, they definitely have eternal dialogue because we we witnessed it.
1: Yeah, hmm. I wonder if with controls you can really be sentient.
0: Well, I guess that's that's just a question of free will. Like, pe- that's true. Maybe you can be sentient. People question their free will, will all the time.
1: <laughs> I wonder if you can be sentient, absent of free will. Ah. Um. I don't know. I guess that's a question for smarter people than us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like most of the questions we ask and
1: try to answer. <laughs> this, this is just a questions podcast. <laughs>
0: One of you guys. We're like, start I, an I hope somebody podcast. smart comes along and answers that at some point. <laughs> 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 we'll we'll try for now, but <laughs> <laughs> somebody out there has a much better perspective on this, I'm sure.
1: Oh god. Alrighty, um, do you want to talk about uh, Sidra's transition to a human body? And, uh, like, kind of her... I know you specifically said you wanted to talk about her idea of purpose.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that that was um, really interesting at the end, where she was talking about how she, um, she... She'd been looking for something to place in her sort of purpose file. And... And... and I think that that is, that is definitely something that, like, all sapiens will go through, right? Like, y- y- you're trying to figure out um, what you're put on this Earth to do, or, like, what will satisfy you during your time on Earth. Or, you know, quote-unquote Earth, <laughs> as a symbol. Um, I don't know, I just I felt like it was a really relatable, relatable moment from Sidra, talking about her purpose. And, um... An interesting sort of culmination of her her transition into like a, a sort a pseudo human existence. Um that she could kind of come to terms with the fact that she didn't really like have one. I mean isn't that kind of how she resolves it? She's like, Well <laughs> I guess I am without purpose and like that's okay.
1: <laughs> um is it? I don't remember that being I mean I remember the the specific purpose conversation happening when Tack was like, Hey, are you sure about this? And she's like, Well, right now my purpose file reads Help Owl. So
0: Right, right, yeah. Oh. Well, okay, so I guess that was really more what it was, that like it could be a different thing on a different day. And Yes. And that is That's that is okay. a very human thing.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that I mean, why are we here is a fundamental human question.
0: And nobody's really answered it satisfactorily.
1: <laughs> right. No one's answered it. And there's kind of a, a greater, like the greater question really is why am I here? Uh, You know, what... Like, because a lot of people want to find meaning in things that don't have meaning. Uh, We've seen that a lot in the last year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that 100% fuels conspiracy theories.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: Like, how could something so big and terrible happen and it not be on purpose?
1: Exactly, and you... you, A lot of people approach their lives with that mindset. Mm
0: -hmm. Like a,
1: all right, well, clearly I, a fully sentient, like agent of my own destiny person can't be here without a purpose. It's something that I am meant to do something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that that sense of a greater destiny. Yes. And, you know, most of the time, it's probably not a thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't really believe in destiny.
0: Yeah. It yeah.
1: doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And... Uh, a because lot of it people... completely
0: es the idea of free will. Like if you have a destiny, right. then you're really not making any of your choices.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, if I, I would rather have free will than have someone have a plan for my life. Um, kind of a direct plan, like a day to day plan.
0: It depends on how things uh, are going.
1: Of, if my plan is just generally end up happy and, and like and the people around me are happy, then that's a good plan, and I can get on board with that one. <laughs> right. But, like, if it's, like, you will be, you know, so-and-so who does this, and your name will be in history books. I don't really want that. Like, that's weirdly specific and annoying.
0: Having a big life seems terrible. Exhausting, right? (laughs) I know!
1: Oh, my God. Give me a quiet life that no one will talk about a generation after I'm dead.
0: Please and thank you. (laughs) I'm not a person who craves greatness. Exactly. Exactly. I would like to contribute positively, more more positivity to the world than negativity and and enjoy myself while I'm here and that's that's enough.
1: Right, I want my legacy to reach no further than my friends and family. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that is it. End of list.
0: <laughs> End of list. That will be a, a life worth well lived.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> so the you know, and I think that the uh the goal to find your own purpose is something that uh, savages many people and like keeps people up at night. Fortunately, I've never been one of them. But like <laughs> people but it must be gre- terrible. People are greatly disturbed by this. No,
0: definitely. And
1: I think the way Sidra resolves this is the way everyone has to resolve it at some point in their life, or they'll live a very unhappy life. Yeah, like, like you said, my purpose can be different every day, uh, totally. as, as it is just like what is good and keeping me happy. Right. Uh, And that there's no better goal, right? Like, that is is the goal. Because
0: it can't be all things at once. Like, you can't, I mean, to use my own life situation as an example, you can't necessarily always be, like, the best scientist and the best mother and the best wife and the best daughter all at the same time. So, like, some days it will be one and some days it'll be another, but you'll never be all of them. And, like, not accepting that, is is a road to madness, and like y- you just have to know that. You know what I mean,
1: right? Because I mean, if you tried to do all those things, you would never go to sleep,
0: and I would fail at all of them. <laughs> and you fail at all of them,
1: <laughs> you'd be bad at all of them,
0: right. as opposed to
1: being like okay at most of them and really good at one of them at any given time,
0: right? Yes.
1: So yeah, and that you know, I think it. Kind of flies in the face of my question earlier about whether or not they were even sentient uh, is proven by the search for purpose.
0: Yeah, the fact that she craves it and eventually accepts like it will it will be a shifting target, and that's that's just that's just life, baby. <laughs> Purposes change, and you don't have like one grand design necessarily.
1: I like comparing that to Owl because
0: <laughs> Owl yeah. decided
1: that her purpose that she was given was good. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that really shows to how mature Owl is as an AI. Well,
0: yeah, she's the oldest AI we meet, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's very Like, old.
0: when we meet her, she's the oldest AI we meet.
1: I mean, even Pepper was like, yeah, this is early AI.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, when they were talking about um, her, like, core. Like, now they're nice and packaged up, but this was like, she is straight up integrated into the system. Um. So it seems like kind of it's a early form of shipborne AI, right? So yeah, I mean she's accepted that this is her purpose, and she's okay with that. And you know it's a good purpose, right? It's like keep the crew safe, keep them happy. Yeah, is like her thing, and and, uh, and
0: make people welcome.
1: Right, and make people welcome,
0: which works and. really well with where she ultimately ends up. <laughs> right, the bar. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that is good. So I just, uh, I enjoy that kind of, that contrast at the end of the book. Sidra's like, well, I've accepted that my purpose might change any given day, and that's okay. And I was like, well, no, this one's good. And I wonder if Sidra will eventually settle on a purpose. Like, I wonder if eventually, you know, she'll leave her young, wild, and free days, and as she gets older and matures, she will accept a certain purpose.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So... I not see that it's, for her. It kind of depends on how analogous AIs are to people, or if Lovelace is just a more free will design than whatever Owl was based on.
0: Well, I don't know that their free will is necessarily different.
1: I meant like um, free like free. I meant to say free wheeling. Is really what oh. I meant to say. <laughs>
0: it's <just> a little <laughs> pretty <laughs> slip.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, precisely. So the. Uh, you know, maybe Lovelace is a more, uh, like, kind of free-moving, more flexible design.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, she's and, supposed to be uh, for, like, bigger ships and things like that, and she seems like kind of a more advanced model, so it makes sense that there would be more um, oh, adaptability built in.
1: I wonder if Owl was, like, a shuttle, spe- like, a, a specifically a shuttle model.
0: I mean, like... I <laughs>
1: <laughs> or a small ship model.
0: Her job seems very, like... I don't know, it... it and to your point about people wanting to put AI in everything, I'm kind of like, why does this ship need an AI?
1: <laughs> why does this shuttle need an AI?
0: She's, like, literally the nanny of that family. And, like, I mean, also, I guess she does monitoring, systems monitoring and stuff I mean, like she's that. The But, pilot. like, why did she need to be sapient?
1: That Yes. Maybe she's the pilot. Maybe that's how that works.
0: Maybe. Yeah.
1: But it's a good point. I mean, they do, like, seem to delight in putting AI in random shit. <laughs>
0: it's like a weird power thing i don't know I mean, it, it sounds like she worked for a pretty rich family like maybe it's a status thing
1: i mean i guess they owned a shuttle although pepper also owns a shuttle and they don't seem particularly rich oh my god uh, i just yeah, realized I guess that. that's true like everyone owns shuttle they're like cars
0: <laughs> she basically basically was in a minivan <laughs> it was the future's version of a minivan and it needed an a.i to monitor things, and no, that's also entertain point. the children. <laughs> May- maybe an was. RV. An
1: r- but like a camper RV. Not like a full-fledged yeah. RV, but like more like a, you know, like a, you know, like the one we took to Maine. That kind mm-hmm. of RV. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You, you don't, don't need like a, a class license to that. drive it or anything. Right,
1: right, right, Yeah, like a normal-ass RV. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: oh my god, that's so funny. She was in an RV.
0: That's really funny. I... <laughs> Because <laughs> you're right, everyone has it. It's basically a car.
1: I mean, Pe- Pepper is a shop owner. Like, she's a good one. You know, she probably is good at it, but she also doesn't like to accept money.
0: And they, and they buy a lot of takeout.
1: <laughs> and they buy a She doesn't like to <laughs> accept money. They buy a lot of takeout. And I can't imagine Blue's bringing in that much.
0: He is an artist, come on. It's Although we like, have a Harmagian patron, which is probably good money.
1: It's probably great money. But, like, you've got that. You've got Pepper's shop where she prefers to barter for things. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, they probably... She just
0: bartered for shuttle bits. I'm about
1: to say, she probably bought the shuttle, like, broken and rebuilt it or something.
0: Oh, definitely. That's that's kind of her whole shtick.
1: But she still has a shuttle and maintains a shuttle, and that means docking fees, okay? I mean, like...
0: Yeah, where do you get your money?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm very suspicious of Pepper all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's, it? What's your deal? Hooking people up with shady modders. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's true. She did get that body kit.
0: She did get that body kit. She broke her in some backdoor deals.
1: Yeah, she took about ten percent off the top from uh, from all Jenks.
0: But oh, real quick, I I wanted to just say like I, I thought the way they designed the body kit was really fun, and I liked the user manual stuff and the um like sensory uh uh what do they call oh them? the imagery yeah like the sensory analogs
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: I I thought that was a really a really clever idea. Although I was also like, well, if she can see in here, why can't she smell <laughs> and taste? Like, you got the other senses down.
1: I mean, seeing and hearing... You can hear see, and... hear, and touch. See, hear, and touch is essentially a switch, a camera, and a microphone.
0: Mm,
1: like, there's yeah, very, it. very clear mechanical...
0: Analytics. We we currently have those technologies. Yeah, yeah,
1: I have those behind me on in a drawer. All right,
0: all right, fine, you're right. Uh,
1: my mouse is a switch. My mic is, <laughs> like... I have those three things on my computer, actually. Um... <laughs>
0: Currently so, using all of those.
1: Right. Not the webcam. Never the webcam.
0: No, oh, yeah. No, no, never. Absolutely not. Uh, so the, anyway, you know mm,
1: it's under a pile of crap, so they won't see much. <laughs> I turned it on one time by accident, I had no idea what it was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's really funny. <laughs> for some reason, that made me think of the scene where Mr. Potato Head loses his eye. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's a great one. That's a figure out where they are it's a very guy. clear parallel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I wouldn't have expected Toy Story to come up in this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's an unexpected Toy Story. It always comes up, but you least suspect it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, Toy Story. Surprise, Toy Story.
1: Oh, my. Okay. Um, but anyway... So, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if she could, like, detect the chemicals in things.
0: But not but, necessarily, like, experience smell. Right, because,
1: like, the idea of taste is a, I feel like, inherently biological thing. And it varies yeah. from person to person. So, like, how would you tune that for her?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um,
1: so, I think the way it was done was a very much a... Like, maybe it could be done otherwise, but the way it was done was a... Definitely a modern technique.
0: I guess it's just like, it's just that there are so many, um, it just seems like technology has no limits in this universe, except for, for some reason, smell and taste. <laughs> and like, That's it's sure, also a can... universe that doesn't necessarily explain why technology has no limits. So... They can
1: create wormholes. They can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, the, this is, this is where it stops. Like, I'm not asking you to explain it in a way that makes sense to me, a 21st century person, but like.
1: <laughs> right. They use algae for fuel. I have no idea how that works.
0: That's actually, I don't think that that's a particularly novel concept, but I don't know enough about it to say any more than that. What?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm about to spend the rest of my morning on a Google dive.
0: Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, my. But no, I feel like I feel like I remember reading that book and they were like, oh, yes, the algaeist, and I'm like, yes, for fuel. <laughs> it just made sense to me. But like, I think I made
1: that assumption, but oh, no, I think I assumed it was for, uh, you know, I think I assumed it was for the life for system, food. life support.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like oxygen, so I think it probably serves both purposes. Maybe. Well, in any case, um.
1: Oh yeah, shit. Algae fuel. I do think
0: that's maybe something that's been thrown around.
1: Algae fuel is an alternative to liquid fossil fuels.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's what it was. I think that I've heard it talked about like for a um, a fossil fuel alternative, not like a space travel fuel, but.
1: But you're like, well, this is an energy source.
0: Yes, exactly. That, that's where it connected.
1: I am at this point fairly certain that those strips that they talked about are just flinging algae out into space and they're like, goodbye, mass. <laughs> Hello, velocity. <laughs> there you go. That's it. It's perfect.
0: Um, what were there any other uh, topics you want to talk about, Peter?
1: Uh, I just wanted to comment on the fact that I like that this book varied from a lot of other ones in that it focused on personal interaction. Like the, let's be honest, the plot was weak.
0: There wasn't really a plot. There was no. It was Sidra's Pe- life. Pe- Pepper had plot. Sidra did not have plot.
1: Uh, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, Pepper had a plot. Um, we didn't even talk about that that much at all. Uh, well, I guess <laughs> how much is there to talk about? It sucks. <laughs> it was just.
0: It was very. It was a very good story.
1: It was very sad. It was a good story.
0: Yeah. As many are. struggle. So the. Um... Oh, I did think it was interesting how the enhanced were still like. But you are a social species. It was like um like keeping hamsters, you know what I mean.
1: Oh, that's so grim. I know. Oh man. Ew. Yeah, I just
0: got to that now, but like yeah, you have the like little little pets and you're like, okay, but they're social, so you gotta make sure they have this stuff. It was basically that same attitude.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that was so grim. It was wild that she has like one chromosome.
0: Oh yeah, that was so weird. I don't know if there's any I don't know that that's possible, but
1: I mean, I guess if you're really good at gene manipulation, you can figure it out. Like, take can, all the Yeah, crap. you can
0: really compact things.
1: Yeah, leave exactly what you need, and that's about it. Yeah. It's still weird. It is super weird. Um, let me see. What, what else was, was... Oh, yeah, sorry. The the rest of the thought was, plot didn't exist, but, like, the book had really good interpersonal interactions. Yeah, that's was that thing that I really was like about thing. these.
0: Yeah, the, the, the human for lack of a better word, the sepian aspect, I guess. Look, I really love that Citra had this relationship with Tack, where she's like, I made this friend. Like, (laughs) she was so excited about it. (laughs) Oh, I
1: did. I really liked that because she felt like Pepper and Blue were like obligatory friends.
0: They were basically assigned to her.
1: Friends and caretakers.
0: Yeah. Whereas. I mean, they were like in a very real sense, her family. Like she was sort of born into them. She didn't really pick them, but you know, they loved each other, but they didn't choose each other.
1: Yeah, and we can see this, um, you know, the the she chose Tak, and Tak chose her, and eventually even found out the real her, and still chose her.
0: Yeah. I, considering especially, and this is another thing I, I don't think I thought about the first time around, but considering that Aelons can't really lie, that's like a really huge risk to take for your friend. Oh, yeah. Considering Tak is like a respectable person, and didn't... Um, and it has a lot to lose, that Tack would still um, sort of take Sidra on as a friend and learn about her situation and actively engage with it, despite the fact that C couldn't lie or really, um, if if pressed, wouldn't necessarily be able to protect her or protect. Themselves? I don't actually know what the, the, the in-universe pronoun is Sir self. Sirself? For Sirself, I guess. <laughs> I think
1: it's Self.
0: There you go.
1: So the... Hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. It is a, obviously a huge risk. I wonder if that's part of the reason why Tack refused to get any information from Pepper when Pepper and Stitcher were trying to explain it. Yeah. Like, right, a- right after the tattoo incident, Text like, I don't want to know, do not tell me a single thing.
0: I do not want to be involved. I don't
1: want to, I don't, I don't even think it's like necessarily a, I just don't want to know. I don't want to be complicit. It's a, hey, Sidra was like cool and nice. And while I now may think you're like controlling her, she was still a genuinely nice person that I enjoyed interacting with. And I don't want to bring harm to that. Yeah. So if I don't know anything, I can't, you know, uh, implicate you. Right. That too. So that's and then that's a more positive view on it, uh, or she just didn't want to know because she didn't. She thought it was weird. I don't know. Who knows? But Tack's a cool character.
0: Tack is a cool character, and I think that it's really, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, really nice that you see see grow and um, challenge her uh, pre- preconceptions. You've
1: chosen a very difficult sentence path.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> the pronouns are so hard. Because I well because I literally don't even know how it's spelled, so I don't know if I'm saying. Yeah, it right, I, I
1: felt like it was Zer, except for most of them add this like X, like XZ. Yeah, like and it's like, how the hell are they saying this in the universe?
0: Maybe it's like XER. That seems likely. Sir. 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 Yeah. Well, I should anyway. practice
1: this more before we started recording. <laughs> <I> know, right.
0: <laughs> when when do we, I forget what we did that for before. Actually it was probably the last time we did this book. (laughs) No 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 no. no.
1: It was definitely um Oh, what was it? Shoot. Uh it was a fantasy book. Uh Excess stream.
0: Access stream, that's what it was. We
1: did Excess Stream like a lot.
0: (laughs) Oh damn audiobooks. But anyway, um (laughs) No, no I, I audiobooks are that, a
1: win I, because if we read the book, we'd have absolutely no idea how to say it.
0: <laughs> we can sit here all authoritative and be like, yes, that's the correct pronunciation, cassette stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um,
1: anyway, be yeah, her, anyway, her kind no, of personal I, I path and was... challenging her ideas.
0: Yes. I see you've abandoned the the, the war effort.
1: Oh, man, I didn't even realize. <laughs> she was presented as a woman, so I was like, that's a woman. End of discussion. What's... Easy. Was,
0: was Taco a, a woman when that scene happened? No, I Taco was a man when that. No,
1: when she was introduced.
0: TAC. Oh, gotcha.
1: Sir. See.
0: See. Yeah.
1: And see c- 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 was introduced. A- yes. Um, oh god, could we move on conversation topic? Because I'm. It honestly hurts to say. <laughs> Repeatedly and really trying to control your mouth like really hard. Yeah. It's a I hard know. word.
0: Uh um, yeah. So trying to talk in another like it, language. I think like it fits, though. It fits. It just. I think it's an appropriate word. It's just difficult. A, to A say. different sound. <laughs> <to make> it, <laughs> I literally,
1: can, I can Like the last time I made an X noise was a while ago. <laughs> like, it doesn't come up a lot.
0: Anyway, but my point is, I thought that it was nice that C took the journey of being like, oh, well, you know, you're just an AI. You you have no autonomy. You're basically just their stooge too. Like seeing Sidra's pain that that tack had hurt her and that helped Tack sort of realize okay like this is a person and this has autonomy this person has autonomy you know what i mean and yeah i, I think that it's really important to acknowledge that like people might have like pre preconceptions um but they can be challenged and they can grow and i don't know that's I just thought it was good. It was good, especially in a year like we've had. I think in many (laughs) cases, a lot of what's happening for people. Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, I think in many cases, a uh, a a person can't be overly criticized for preconceived notions. Like they can be, but like it's not necessarily that's their fault or anything. It right. might be they've never had the opportunity to move past them.
0: That's true. They've just never known better.
1: Right. Like if you are a homophobe and you've like met lots of gay people and had them like talk to you or whatever and like have tried, like have they, or like you've just even left an actively homophobic environment. I mean, because most people aren't right. Like most people are chill. And yes. Yeah. You're trying to, and like, if you've never tried to move past this, this preconceived notion uh, like if if you're just like sitting in a house, everyone in your house is a homophobe, and you don't really go out and talk to about it with other people. I'm less than likely to crit- like to condemn you
0: for that. Right. It's it's if you go out into the world and you like keep trying to spread it, and you're not actually accepting that, like you're not you're not receptive to challenges.
1: Right. And so this that entire concept, society that's sort of where
0: it becomes malicious.
1: Right. This entire society is like AIs are not people. And, you know, Tack was presented with this situation, and and C was like, well, this is my knee-jerk reaction.
0: Totally. And I didn't get the impression that C had ever really known an AI well.
1: No, I don't think C had. Like, I think that was the whole point. She was like, I I never met an AI. Um, I don't know. Like, I didn't know you were so, like, real. Right. And that was kind of like a... I mean, Taki even was like, hey, I don't like what this says about me, that I've never even thought to consider this. Uh, Like, I don't, I'm learning new things about myself I didn't like. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, So it's it's, it's an important story that I guess I I never really thought about as much as I should have when I was listening to the book. Like, it's it's, it's an important lesson to consider for the real world.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, yes, people... People might have their biases. I mean, ev- people do have their biases, full stop. Every person Everyone has, has, has their biases. biases. Right. And the problem is when you blindly cling to them and reject any point of view other than what your bias tells you. And like... That's, that's where, that's where you become sort of, that's where you sort of toe into bigot territory. <laughs> it's yeah. where, like, I, I refuse to even engage with the possibility that I could be wrong about this.
1: Right, and I'm not saying that, like, if you have an idea and it's challenged, that automatically makes you a bigot, but like, it does, like, because it matters with the ideas, right? Like. <laughs> right. If I'm like, well,
0: my, my point, my bias is that gay people should be allowed to live their lives and have the same rights as straight people.
1: <laughs> You've been challenged, and I'm I am not
0: going to accept challenges to that
1: idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm not accepting criticism at this time.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes.
1: Uh, but but you know, things that are objectively amoral, yes. uh, maybe you should be challenged.
0: Yes. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, if you, if you, yes, like, obviously there are, there are, there are points of view that are illegitimate, <laughs> but, um, but, but, it, what am I trying to say? I, you, you could be flirting with bigotry. You're risking bigotry if you, if you don't allow yourself to consider other points of view.
1: Flirting with Bigotry should be the name of, like, a psychological novel. Like, a psych novel. A A psych novel? Well, not novel. Like, um, you know, like, Freakonomics? Like, the Freakonomics of Psych. Oh. (laughs) Flirting with Bigotry should be that book about, um, let's go with political polarization. There you go. (laughs) very much into that idea. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) We'll get Millie on that. (laughs) Yeah
0: exactly this is what she's, you do she's right that, she's that branch of the family
1: <laughs> she, well she's the psych department she's the psych obviously.
0: branch of the family yeah
1: i mean we ha- we all have branches
0: yes we all have our things
1: i feel like cc presented that like that's not something we actually think about
0: <laughs>
1: like that <laughs> no, we all have like specialties
0: wait are you saying that we do think about it or we don't think about no, I, it
1: No, you said it like we don't think about this
0: oh no we do <laughs> yeah was, we
1: talk about this
0: they they know they've heard it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everett's kind of accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh,
0: we should probably wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts?
1: Um. Uh, one, just a quick brief thing, is I... So we already knew that the... um. Andrus, from the last book, thought it was wild that, like, baby adults raised children. Which, in fairness, when someone else has presented the idea, is kind of wild.
0: They're not wrong <laughs> They're <completely>, about that. he's <laughs> like, present... Not wrong. <laughs> uh, can confirm, yes. <laughs>
1: can not confirm, don't know what I'm doing.
0: Um,
1: I still don't know if a baby's crying or laughing, so here's where
0: I'm at. <laughs> it can be a fine line, especially if tickles are involved.
1: <laughs> oh, that's really adorable. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the... Oh, my. Uh, so, the fact that Andrews have their, like, well, the most experienced members of society raise them. All right, that's one thing. That's kind of cool. That's its own, like, side idea. And then you come over to the A. who we learn in this book, have people whose actual 100% professions is being a parent. Right. Is, like, they are fathers. They like, are
0: is, trained and certified.
1: They're a tra- yeah, they go to college for it. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, another cool, kind of different idea from Human Norms.
0: It was not clear to me whether that was... Th- whether they're, like, fully in charge of their education, too. Are they? Do you know?
1: What do you mean fully in charge of your education?
0: Like, are they also their teachers? Or are they just, like... Or are teachers their own thing?
1: Uh, I think they are teachers in a basic sense.
0: In the sense that regular like, parents are. Yeah, you know, maybe, like, elementary
1: school. Them. Like, really, like, early stuff. Yeah. Um But not necessarily, like, forever. I, I don't think it was very clear, though. That's just kind of the sense I got.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't... Yeah, I don't think it was laid out. But, um... Yeah, no, it's very interesting. Especially considering that, um... andrusks and Aelawans have polar opposite ideas of children. Andrusks are like, well, they're not people yet. Not until they're, like, adolescents, basically. <laughs> are they people? Um... Whereas for Aelawans, like, every child is, like, practically a miracle. Because their breeding is so finicky. Um so they're they're like so so cherished and they are loved by their parents like sissex literally has no sense of connection with her children but um any any eluan is like no no we love their children our children so that's that's why we give them to experts like because we we were not going to take any risks on their on their upbringing yeah
1: and you know these are all different ideas i just really enjoy in sci-fi generally when like i don't know i said sci-fi like that uh sci-fi sci-fi <laughs> i really enjoy it generally when like norms as fundamental as child rearing are completely challenged i don't mean in the biological sense because i mean, yeah not everyone's gonna reproduce the same way but of i definitely mean like in a societal sense
0: yeah so like the answer yeah. is not
1: seeing their adolescent like their babies and like children as fully adult like people uh, you know, humans obviously being very, very protective of their young.
0: Yes, uh, but Ailoans... also, like, possessive of their young.
1: Right, avalons are extremely protective of their young, but also aren't uh, possessive, necessarily. They, like, yes. are willing to sacrifice. I guess I guess they, they're more willing to make a sacrifice of, well, I'm going to have this child raised by a professional, uh, so I don't fuck it up. Right. Like, they are pre- extremely, extremely protective and, to the degree of uh, this child deserves better. This child you. deserves the best
0: upbringing you right. can get. Yeah.
1: So it's a, uh, I, it's an ongoing kind of varying thing that I enjoy.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I, I do really think that's interesting. Like, just just the the different um, priorities. Yeah, of a society. Like yep. I, I still find it almost hard to stomach that in just so like, oh well, you know, lots of hatchlings die. It's sad when they're older hatchlings, but hatchlings die all the time.
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a similar idea as in um one of the books of Old Man's War. Yeah. There's a bird like species that has a similar concept of like watching young kill each other
0: and they're like, Oh yes. Ah, youth.
1: Though <laughs> young, wild and free but they honestly have you read Finish That series yet?
0: No, still haven't. I've only read the first one. Oh,
1: God. They have such a... We've got to do that episode, that book at some point because they have a really cool, um, like, moral reason for letting their kill, young kill each other and not protecting all their young. Interesting. It's very cool. It's well done. Anyway, we will do that cool. at some point.
0: Uh, but what are we doing next, Peter?
1: Well, I think it's time to return to Red Rising.
0: Oh, snap. It's been so long. It
1: has been so long. The last one we did was Golden Sun. And we did Golden Sun, like, two years ago.
0: Is that the third one?
1: I think that's the second one.
0: No, that's the second one. Yeah. Right. We, one, we did Golden Sun one... a year
1: after we did Red Rising, and then we never touched it again.
0: Wait, when did we do Golden Sun? You said two years ago? Two years ago. We've been podcasting a long time.
1: <laughs> I know, it's gone really long. Yeah. Um, Whoa. <laughs> uh, let me see. Red Rising was, like, an early book, wasn't it? Yeah, Red Rising was three years ago.
0: Yeah, we did that very early on. Oh, oh it was my like our
1: Eighth episode.
0: Anyway, uh, wow. Okay. Oh, the finale. You know, I've been so, I've been sort of itching to get back to that, Peter. So this is this is good,
1: good, good. Ch- good. good so, wait, me. hold on. This isn't the finale, is it?
0: Uh, of the original trilogy, it is. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, Iron Gold was the the, the follow up book. Okay. Nice. Yes. Uh,
0: then I think there's another one after that which I haven't read yet.
1: Whoa! I definitely read. Oh, called Dark Age. Ooh.
0: Ooh.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a, so much red it's rising. A spicy noise. name. Yeah. So okay. Yes, okay. So that's Morning Star. Anyway, Morning right? Star. Yes. Yeah, so
1: Morning is gonna be our next book by Pierce Brown. So
0: exciting! Can't I'm, wait. I'm
1: very excited.
0: All right. Awesome. <laughs> Great, pick, Peter. So that will be out, um, April
1: fifth. Right. Fifth.
0: Yes, April fifth. All right. Sold. Excellent. All right. Well, now thank CC. you guys so much for listening. Um. When we schedule
1: recording, it's not going to be a joke, okay? Just so we're clear. What? When we schedule a recording, inevitably on April 4th, I'm not joking. You're not joking? Not joking.
0: Oh, wait. (laughs) I don't think I get what you're saying.
1: Alright, finish the episode.
0: (laughs) What's happening?
1: (laughs) I don't know, because I figured I'll probably text you, like, a few days earlier. Okay. Oh, uh, it's a bad. It's a bad thing. Like I, I figure I'll probably text you like on the first, and that's a.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> right. it was a bad joke. That was that was stupid. Peter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Duh.
0: What did you expect?
1: <laughs> and that's kind of like what Cece. So we agreed. Uh, you do the smart jokes. I do the stupid jokes. And you keep edging into my territory.
0: Oh yeah. I'm I don't sorry. appreciate it. <laughs> I do jokes keep getting dumber dumber with age that's right. another thing that can't necessarily be in my purpose file all the time good podcaster good podcast, <laughs>
1: well-structured podcast
0: that's for that's never been in my purpose file.
1: <laughs> oh and, and everyone knows it
0: and don't we all know it uh, oh my all right well, where can they contact us peter
1: well well they can email us at sci-fi sidebar at signifying uh, they can find us on facebook.com forward slash sci-fi sidebar or facebook.com forward slash signifying nothing network. Um, we're else them find us, CC?
0: We have a Twitter. We don't really use it. <laughs> it's at sign nothing net on Twitter. Now,
1: I believe you're responsible for the Twitter. So I think that's your fault.
0: <laughs> what did I say? What did I say about my purpose, Kyle? <laughs> That's a good point, everyone. As I said, I already, I already explained this. <laughs> That's
1: a fair point. You really covered your bases. I retract my statement.
0: Now, now you can't be mad at me <laughs> legally. <laughs> legally. <laughs> oh God! Let's wrap this thing All up.
1: Right.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Sci-Fi Sidebar from the Sci-Fi Network.
1: A tale told by idiots. Bye, Bye guys. See you in April.